0: Let me um, uh, try to remind you or or refresh your memory as to where we are. We are examining uh, Romans 8, verses 29 and 30, uh, two verses that contain some very rich theological words. Um, We've we've looked at a couple, of three of them. We're on the fourth one, and it's uh, found for you, or found in verse 30, and those whom he predestined he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And so what we've been doing, uh, we did last week and we'll do it again tonight. And, and maybe, but I think we can wrap it up tonight, is um, we're looking at the doctrine of justification. You might recall, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I won't write this again, but uh, I started by trying to help you distinguish between or among three words uh, that seem to get confused. Um, grace, which is going to be talked about a lot around here. Uh, in the coming months, just because of the, the Sunday morning series um, god 's predisposition or god 's disposition to forgive his uh, eagerness and willingness to be reconciled and then um, how does he um, accomplish that forgiveness? Does he simply decide to wink at it and ignore it and just say "I was kidding no he 's put in plan a, uh, put in motion a plan. Um, that has satisfied his justice as well as uh, allowing him to express everlasting love. And then the message that flows out of this this plan is a word that we uh, use a lot. Uh, it is the word, the gospel. It is simply a message about what God has done. It is the message in its most simple form. And guys, may I say, um, for, for some of you and perhaps many of you, that's just about as far as you'd like to go. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate a, in any way a, a, um, an understanding that allows you to simply concentrate on a, a simple expression of the gospel. Um, as you know, uh, Paul was in a jail in Philippi, and a, a jailer came running in one night and said, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that's a, a simple presentation, a pure one, a wonderful one. And it is in no way to be, uh, or its value or that's, the simplicity of it is in no way to be uh, depreciated. And I'm, I, I don't, I'm not trying to do that. So my point is, um, for those of you who would like to look beyond that to see uh, more about what God has done, that's what I'm doing. And now, for some of you, this is not interesting and, and guys, I could really make this technical. Uh, we could really um, flood you with with. Um, with I, I hate to use the word minutia because it's not. But there's 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 fine detail. This is a doctrine. The doctrine of justification by faith has been pounded out over centuries, and and it's still being fought over. In fact, some of you may remember uh, about five or six years ago a, a, a big brouhaha in the, um, in the Christian church between uh, a lot of evangelicals over what was called the ECT document, Evangelicals and Catholics together. That's the ECT document. And um, uh, J.I. Packer and uh, Chuck Colson both signed this document. And then uh, R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur and Jim Kennedy came out with, with a violent attack. I mean, uh, went on television. Uh, and it was all over the doctrine of justification by faith. And and I, and if I had to choose a camp, I would have been in that sproul MacArthur, kennedy camp. Uh, but I, I just want you to know, I'm going to give you things that may just be of very little interest. And I, I, I don't do that to bore you. I hate to be a boring speaker. Uh, Speakers usually hate to be boring, but um, if you if you choose to remain on the level of simply uh, being able to articulate, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody ever treat you with uh, with devalue. That's a wonderful message. What I'm doing is trying to try, trying to explain um, uh, in a fuller and deeper and I think richer way all that God has done, so that He could and distribute forgiveness among sinners. Um, there is a sense in which we could talk about this for weeks because there is a sense in which the entire Bible is about justification by faith. If you've ever heard the term redemptive history, this is a book on redemptive history. It is a book uh, as to what God has done over history to accomplish redemption. Redemption. So, what is this book about? It's about this thing that he's done to to make available forgiveness to people who didn't deserve it. Or the doctrine of justification by faith. So, um I I guess this is by way of apology because I don't want to I don't want to bog you down, but I want you to know that um um you know, the the Christian church is guilty of fighting over a lot of trivia. This is not trivia. I mean, we can uh, uh, we can dispense with all the arguments about music and, and carpet color, but we cannot give up on this one. This is something that that um, is just way way too important. All right. Now, having said that, by way of introduction, um, we looked um, uh, last week. At the author, that's the first thing that we talked about, Um, the author of justification is, of course, God the Father, who is um, mentioned in in various places in the book of Romans. One is in um, uh, Romans 8, 32, I believe, where uh, uh, who is it that justifies? It is God that justifies. So the Father is the justifier. We talked about the author. I said something to you about the author or is acting in the role of a judge, and in that role, uh, he is making a declaration, uh, not um, as opposed to an, a, um, an impartation. He is not infusing righteousness within you. He is declaring you righteous. Now, what is it that enables or allows him to declare you righteous? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, if God the Father is the author, then who is the, uh, the, uh, oh, who is the executor? Who executes this, uh, this grand redemptive plan that God has uh, developed? That, of course, brings us to the second person of the Trinity uh, who is the one who has, as I said, executed the plan. Now, um, before we go too far, let me say to you, that the that the chapter that is normally uh, mentioned when you start talking about justification, most most people who know anything about biblical content, if they're going to talk about justification, they're immediately going to think of Romans 4. So run over to Romans 4 with me, and let's let's take a. We've already discussed this in in the Wednesday nights, but let me just show you um, a couple of things about Romans 4. The reason I take you here is that, interestingly enough, Christ is never mentioned in this discussion. I'm saying that Romans 4, verses 1, really through the end of the chapter, is about justification. I just told you that the executor of justification is Christ, but he's never mentioned here. And the reason that he's not mentioned here, guys, is because what Paul is doing in Romans 4 is trying to give you um, a proper definition as to its, not so much its executor, but its appropriation. Paul is talking to a Jewish audience who were convinced that the way that they would get right before God is to work themselves into God's good graces by obedience to the Ten Commandments. And so Paul comes along using Abraham and says, wait a minute, the, the, the very Part of this doctrine you've missed. And let me just read you a little of it and kind of slowly. But verse 1. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works. Now, guys, he has in view there a Jewish audience who is saying that very thing. We are justified by our works. So Paul says, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now now that's, guys, the guts of the doctrine of justification are in those four verses. Because he's saying to his Judeo- Jewish audience, "How? Okay, okay, okay. You guys are convinced that if you can uh, follow in Mosaic tradition, because Moses is your hero and the Ten Commandments and the Decalogue is the thing that you appeal to, if if that's true, then tell us. Tell me," says Paul. "How was the father of the faith uh, reckoned righteous? Abraham? Was he? Re- because." Abraham lived long before that Ten Commandments stuff that you guys keep talking about. No, no. It was not via his uh, works of righteousness, but it was that he was, he trusted in him who justified. And, and by the way, that is a, is a crucial sentence in verse five. And to the one who does not work, that is, who does not do good works, the one who is not trusting in his good work, but trusts him who justifies the who? The ungodly. Who does God justify? He justifies the ungodly. And how does he do that? He does it. Um, well, no, wait, let me back up. Who is it that he justifies? He justifies those who trust. So, the instrument. Um, and guys... I, 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 let me just plead with you to hold on to this word. The instrument of justification is faith. Now, um, guys, there's a whole lot of mushy thinking when it comes to the role that faith plays. I'm here to tell you. Um, I, in, in in a class I taught, I, I, I used to love to do this. I'm, I'm mellowing in my old age. But um, I... Um, I asked the, I posed the question to the audience I said um, uh what is the grounds of our justification and one sweet dear precious woman said faith and I um I reacted a little over the top <laughs> just a just a wee bit um but I, it was it was kind of playful I think I mean, she's still undergoing therapy. Um, but um, Let me ask the question again. What is the grounds of our justification? Ladies and gentlemen, don't ever make this mistake. The grounds of your justification is not your faith. If the grounds of your justification is faith, then you are the savior of yourself. Faith is an instrument by which I lay hold of the grounds. The basis on which the Father justifies is not my faith. But understand, going back to Romans 4, faith is, it it is God justifies those who have faith. Which, as you know, the New Testament calls, excuse me, the New Testament calls a gift. In Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Now, so we move uh, from the, the, I really should have called this the execution, not the execution. But the execution of, of, of justification is, number one, uh, from our end of things, it is the exercise of faith, which is the instrument. Now, guys, let, let me just assure you, if you ever read a, a systematic theology, this is the word you're going to find. Because this word avoids some some traps, some pitfalls. Faith is the instrument by which I lay hold to the basis or the grounds of my justification. Now, having said that, what is the grounds? What is the, the, the grounds of my justification? It is the finished, completed work. Of Jesus Christ. The grounds on which the Father is permitted. Uh, and I, and I, uh, permitted is not too strong a word because, guys, if God winks at my sin, if He simply ignores it and chooses to save me by winking at it, then He has assaulted His own character, that character being one of holiness. His eyes, say the Scriptures, are too holy to even look upon iniquity. So, if he's not going to simply say, oh, I was just kidding, what has he done? He has found a basis. He has found the grounds. He has found the, the, uh, the foundation on which he can defend his own character and at the same time communicate love to the ungodly. And that is the finished work of Jesus Christ. folks. Now, can I say this just as kind of an aside? I would suggest to you, those of you I mean, that I've already put to sleep tonight, this is one of the most critical pieces of information that you can possess as a Christian. I am telling you that some of the agony that we go through as individual believers is because we have not yet figured that thing out. We we question whether we're saved people. We you know we um, um, this is how it normally happens. Not always, but this is how it normally happens. I do something that's really bad. I I, I blow it. I um I had a a dear brother come to me. <laughs> maybe y'all won't think this is, maybe y'all think this is just terrible. I mean it wasn't a good thing. It was a bad thing. I mean, you know, and I'm I'm sorry that he did it. It's not a good thing and. Uh, he um, he he had taken his wife, and this was a couple of years ago. But, um, he had taken his wife to some kind of business meeting, and I mean, terrible, terrible thing, terrible thing. I'm not trying to promote this. I'm not trying to laud this. I'm just simply trying to tell you the facts, just just the facts, man. Just the facts. And um, this man uh, had had a couple of glasses of wine with his supper. I know that's a horrific thing. And he should be horsewhipped, but he did it. And so he's driving home uh, on a on a cool evening. He owned a convertible, and um, he's driving home with his wife, and just having a wonderfully enjoyable time driving home. Uh, not not hadn't done anything bad. It's just in the meeting. Yada, yada yada. He's driving home, and gets pulled over by the police for speeding. Now I know that none of you people ever speed, um, but I. It, but for those of us who have, on occasion, just slipped up and sped, he's pulled over, and guess what happens next? This is a fine family man with his wife coming home at 10 p.m. to you know, get the Dave Brown news, and he's pulled over and ends up with a DUI. And he's got all these problems of, God, I do this now and see the judge. In fact, I I, I might be over. I think he spent a night in jail. I'm not sure of that. But, I mean, just, now, now guys, that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. I'm not trying to laud that. I'm not trying to applaud it. I'm not trying to say justify it. I'm not trying to do, I'm just telling the facts. But this is what happens next when we blow it. He begins to examine his soul under this fine, magnifying glass. And and he begins to question whether or not that he's really a saved man. And so his situation that is already awful is compounded because now he thinks, oh, how can I ever, ever think of myself as a saved man? Now, guys, I am not trying to promote that kind of behavior, and I hope you don't ever get one of those things. That would be a bad thing. It was bad for him. It's going to be bad for you, and don't do it. That's a bad thing. Don't do it. Stop. Quit. But the point is, my friends, I am not a justified man because I did a good thing. And God is not going to declare me just and righteous because I've done a good thing. Because it says right here that he delights in justifying what kind of folks? The ungodly group. That means that this whole room is filled with a bunch of ungodly folks. You're hanging out with a bunch of ungodly people. And my safety is my, my position is, or, or the basis of him justifying me, like, the basis of him justifying me, is not because I did good or I did bad. Because it's a foregone conclusion that I've done bad. The basis of his justifying me is the finished work of Jesus Christ. So get your blasted eyes off of your failure, because you got plenty of it. <laughs> you got plenty of this stuff. Fix your attention upon this. This is your righteousness. This is your hope. This is your confidence. This is your security. And once you take your eyes off of this finished work, well, look what I did. I mean, I got that all that's terrible. And yeah, yeah, it is. It is terrible. And And I wish you wouldn't do it. I wish I wouldn't do it. But guess what? Once I got justified... I'm still ungodly, just like the rest of you. So my point is, I'm saying that our peace and and enjoyment of our our whole Christian religion Mm -hmm. is based on our understanding of the completion of the finished work of Christ. Perhaps the most important words in the entire New Testament are Jesus' words from the cross when he said, It's finished. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Don't be saying, well, I know he did a good thing, but, you know, I've been taught in my Bible at church since I was, a, was I, since I was a kid. I've been an officer in that church, and I've been teaching Sunday school, and I give my money, and, and yada 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 yada. Leave it alone. It's finished. That's really dear to my heart, guys, because I, I deal with people ad nauseum who are wandering around in their souls trying to figure out just how bad they are, and they are bad. We're bad. We're broken, folks. But this is our confidence. Now, having, trying to establish that. Guys, um, when you, in, in essence, the heart and soul of the doctrine of justification by faith, well, I shouldn't say that, but let, let me say The heart and soul of the doctrine of justification is this. You've got to understand what all this involves. So let me just put lots of little numbers under here. First of all, there is a word that you must get down. It is the word imputation. Now, guys, um, um, I did my homework. So, um, in Romans four, you're gonna you find the word justified. Uh, you know, I, I I'm reading from this. I forget what the name of my my translation is. I've got an English Standard version here. And um, you've got all those other things, and we're all... But my point is, you come to, like, verse 2, for if Abraham was justified by works, you come to verse 3, and you counted to him as righteousness. My point is, you're going to find a lot of different English words in there. Um, you're going to find reckoned, or counted, or imputed. Um, it, it, the, the translators of the Greek New Testament struggle with these two words. Uh, um the word justified is the word dekai uh-oh and then there uh, the, the word um of oh, foot um oh yes the word that's translated counted is the word logizomai now um that's all right the the, the translators of this passage go back and forth with english words so there's a lot of room for, um, they take a lot of, well, not a lot of liberties, but they the translations differ. But at the heart of the doctrine of justification by faith is this, this concept, I guess it is, but in some of your, 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 your copies, you're going to find the word impute. You're going to find it at the end of verse 8. You're going to find it um, in verse 23. You're going to find it in verse 24. Imputation, if that's a new word for you, listen up, because you've got to get that word. Um, In the Doctrine of Justification, what we're saying is that there are three grand imputations that take place. The first imputation is uh, my sin, excuse me, wrong. The first imputation is Adam's sin to me. All right? You want another name for that doctrine? It's called original sin. Now, guys, here's the problem. Uh, God has established a standard by which you may enter heaven without Jesus. Do you know what that standard is? Perfection. You can enter. If you haven't sinned, you don't need Jesus. There's only one problem. After Adam, you all sinned. Because his sin was imputed to you. That is, it was Reckon to your account. It was a, you were counted as sinful, you were counted sinful as a result of his sin. That's the first imputation. The second imputation is my sin to Christ. So Adam's sin is imputed to me. My sin is imputed to Christ. Alright, so the, the perfect life that I was supposed to live, I didn't do that so what god does is design a plan by which he takes my sin and makes jesus responsible for it he he um, he clo i don't know he he puts my sin on him I, he, he he puts it in his account i you know it's i hope you can get the idea that's what imputation is adam sin to me my sin to christ and then the father Punishes the son. He pours out his wrath on the son and in essence punishes my waywardness in, the, in what he's doing at Calvary. That is, the father is punishing the son because the son now bears my sin. The third imputation, Adam's sin to me, my sin to Christ. The third imputation is the one that you see written about here in Romans 4. That is, Christ's righteousness to me. And so the Father uh, has this standard. This standard is perfection. I didn't do it. Therefore, he says, all right, so we got a problem now because they, there's no perfect folk out there. So um, I've got to punish that sin. So what does he do? He provides a a sacrifice on which he pours out his wrath and then any and all who use this instrument by laying hold of... What Christ has accomplished is then declared by the Father to be righteous. Guys, um, this this uh, finished work of Christ, um, I'm going to confuse you here. There is a sense, in. I hope this clarifies really, I don't try to confuse you, but I hope this there is a sense that you are saved by works. They're just not yours. The standard that God establishes has been observed. The perfection, uh, the perfect life was lived and the perfect death was died. And you've heard me say this. Jesus lived the life that you should have lived, and lived and died the death that you should have died. And then that grand work is bound up in what is known as righteousness. And that righteousness is then reckoned to you or imputed to you. So the father finds a way to extend forgiveness to the ungodly. And he does it by the finished and accomplished work of Jesus Christ. And then according to Romans 4... The way I, uh, I become a participant in Christ's righteousness is not trying to earn it. I become a participant in Christ's righteousness by laying hold of it via the instrument of faith. Got it? I, I think you do. I, I think you've heard this much of this before. And for some of you, it's old to have, But... Um, Let me mention a couple of other quick things, and I'm I'm done. Um, um, Guys, the Protestant Reformation um, was not fought over the doctrine of justification by faith. Martin Luther's launching the Protestant Reformation was not fought over justification by faith. That was not the issue. Roman Catholicism believed in justification by faith. The Protestant Reformation that was launched by Martin Luther, of which you are a part, was fought over the doctrine of justification by faith alone. That's where the the spur is, folks. That's the the thing that separates you from Mormonism, from Judaism, from Catholicism, um, because it is the emphasis upon justification by faith, alone. I'll say this. It's what separates you from the church of Christ who suggests that you must be baptized by them by immersion. What, what, what I'm holding forth here and hope that you adopt is that the, to add anything like baptism or anything that you would like to add to it, to add anything is to assault this, and to suggest that um, his work wasn't finished, and he ought to take that word back that he said on the cross about it is finished, because it really wasn't. Guys, if you've ever been in our new members class, and if you're coming to our new members class, you're going to see this little film clip, um, you might remember, um, I was on a panel that was on television years and years ago when I had some hair and were, was a lot thinner, uh, it really is just so upsetting to look at when I was, I was fairly cute back then. That's all gone. That's all gone. I mean, uh, um, my wife told me that I'm not too cute and I'm not too spiritual. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, she didn't say that. I said that. But, but anyway, I'm up there, and I'm pleading for this doctrine of justification by faith alone, and there's a man on the panel who teaches seminary in this city. And he said, you mean to tell me you believe in that doctrine of justification by faith alone? I said, I sure do. And he said, if you can prove to me that doctrine of justification by faith alone, I'll eat this book. Y'all remember that? I mean, it's in there. Um, it, it, the point is, guys, if you buy into this, understand, it separates you. It separates you. And by the way, that man... Uh, I, can, I can tell you uh, this is just factual. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be sectarian, but I'm telling you guys, this has got to be defended. He was, a prof- he was a professor at Harding Academy, that is Harding Seminary. He was out of the Church of Christ. So what is added? I'm not real sure. I want to take a wild stab that baptism is added. Ladies and gentlemen, you add anything to this, and what you have done is undercut the finished work of Christ. So you add that. What else you want to add? You want to add confirmation. You want to add uh, fidelity in marriage. You want to add. What do you want to add? Because you add anything, and Jesus ceases to be your savior. You're your savior. Your savior. Because you went out and figured it out that you needed to go get some kind of human device known as baptism, and boola boola for you. And that means because I believe in Jesus. Plus, you fill in the blank. Justification is by faith alone. That's the. That, ladies and gentlemen, if we give up on that one, we can can become Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. What do you want to become? Because all those other Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they're all some kind of works orientation. The whole message of Romans 4 is that no. If you get it by works, then you earned it and you got something to boast about it. Abraham didn't do that, says Paul. No, he got it when he believed. And that's when you got it. Now, one quick thing, and I'm done, uh, is the result. The result of uh, justification by faith. It's mentioned a couple of times, but um, Romans chapter, I mean, if you're at Romans chapter 4, you can, you can just cast your eyes over into Romans um, Chapter 5, where this great, wonderful statement worth memorizing says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know the result? The result of being justified by faith is that we have peace with God. You're at peace with God, folks. Um, you're at peace. No more war. Nor struggle. I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll quit. Um, years ago, when Susan and I had just became Christians, we were 22 years old. Um, I mean, we we both became Christians on the same night um, at a little ministry in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, called the uh, Greenhouse. But anyway, I I um, the the pastor of our church was Dr. D. James Kennedy. Some of you know uh, Jim. Uh, he's on television tonight. If you'd like to go watch him, his channel, whatever. I think he's on every night. But anyway, uh, maybe not, maybe just Sunday nights. But anyway, I, I never will forget him te- teaching through Romans. And, and, I, and I'm still trying to figure this out. Oh, wait a second now. I, I, but, I mean, I, I had embraced the Savior and, and I think was a saved man. But I remember him saying, um, and I don't know exactly what setting it was, whether it was a Sunday night or a Sunday morning, but it was Romans 3.28. And and that that was the thing that kind of cleared away the fog for me because it was so simple. If you're around Romans 3.28, it simply says, Paul says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. I don't know how it can get any simpler. Paul says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Don't add anything to this, folks. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is that exercise of faith that the Father uses, uh, or the finished work of Christ is that I lay hold of that, and because I, am now, I now belong to him, the Father declares me righteous, because I belong. I am now brought into union with this... Um, with this Savior, this God-provided Savior. Hope that will be helpful and clarifying, and we'll move on next week. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you have seen fit to accomplish the Father's good pleasure by um, emptying yourself and becoming um, obedient, even obedient to the cross, on which... Our sin, your people's sin, was paid for, dealt with, to trouble us no more. And I pray that that, that great hope will be ours and um, that, this, that clarity might be brought to the minds and hearts of your people so that we can fix our attention, not on our failings, but fix our attention on the great successes and victories accomplished for us in the work of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you and good night.